0: Hi everyone, before we get to the good stuff, I want to share that learning shouldn't stop with this episode. That in addition to this podcast, I send out a monthly newsletter called The Wealth Programmed. In the newsletter, I write concise and educational articles about the state of wealth today and how we can live our best life in retirement. The write-ups are purely focused on building wealth, distributing wealth, tax smart strategies, and smart investment strategies so we can have a little bit more peace of mind. Oh, And before I forget, health, the optimal retirement comes with great health. Now that doesn't mean you need to be a fitness enthusiast to sign up and read these newsletters. But one thing that separates my financial planning is the evaluation of your health and how it impacts your future. To sign up, Go to the notes on the app that you are listening to this podcast on right now and click the link to sign up for the Wealth Program newsletter. And the next one, beginning next month, will be delivered directly to your inbox. Now, let's get on with the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Wealth Program Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the last podcast about inflation. I don't think that's going away anytime soon, but about a week ago, about the same time I was making that podcast, I asked a question on Twitter. The question was, why do financial advisors even have jobs? And after this question, I got some pretty interesting responses, but before I get into some responses, it sparked the idea for this podcast. And until probably about 10 or 15 years ago, it seemed obvious why people needed financial advisors. The financial advisor was people's bridge towards wealth. So they thought. Financial advisors were also the access to all the information, or at least it seemed. Now, financial advisors were the people you really needed to go to for the diamond in the rough trick that would transform your retirement plan. But that doesn't seem like it's much of the case anymore. The rise of the do it yourself movement and all the available information on social media and the internet and YouTube has created abundance of knowledge that's allowed people to start financial planning on their own. So today we're going to talk about what is a financial advisor? What are the different types of financial advisors? What's financial planning? What does a good financial advisor do? 10 questions to even ask your financial advisor. And then lastly, we're going to wrap it all up on when You need to hire a financial advisor and when you don't need to hire a financial advisor. Spoiler alert, a lot of people successfully financial plan on their own and do a really, really good job cultivating their own goals, taking their current situation, all the rules and guidelines that are available in our society and developing a really thoughtful and efficient retirement strategy that's best for them. But that's not everybody. So the first logical step is if that situation of having a financial advisor doesn't apply to you, let's talk about what the hell a financial advisor is. The word's been thrown around like a basketball at a playground. What is a financial advisor? I'm a financial advisor. My brother, my cousin, my uncle, my sister, my mother, we're all financial advisors. So we're going to first level the playing field and we're going to understand what we're talking about. So what is a financial advisor? A financial advisor is a broad term that can describe a broker, a money manager, an insurance agent, a banker, a financial coach, a planner, or essentially anyone that gives advice on people's money. Financial advisors is the industry term that's most commonly used, and people have a general understanding what a financial advisor is. Oh, anybody that's going to mention anything about money or protection, but the problem is... That there are a lot of non-financial advisors or very niche individuals that call themselves financial advisors but don't provide what an actual financial advisor does. Even myself, I'll call myself a financial advisor all the time, but what that does is it gets people interested. They give a general understanding of what I do, that I talk to people about money, and then they'll go to my web page or my YouTube channel or the podcast or sign up for the newsletter, and they'll start to understand how my financial advisory business is a little bit different because of some of the designations I have, but that's not necessary to become a good financial advisor is to have designations. Sometimes a designation can help delineate what the different types of financial advisors are, but let's kind of break down some of the different versions or different groups of individuals that would call themselves a financial advisor. First, there's the investment manager, what everyone loves to talk about where you hand someone a big bundle of your money, your hard-earned savings, and their job is to manage those assets to try to generate some return for you. This is particularly going to be an individual that just wants to t- take your assets and invest them a certain way. They're going to buy and sell certain types of, of investments or underlying holdings, whether it's stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, unit investment trusts, or any other version of investments. And then they're going to utilize a trading strategy on these particular products, and they're going to generate the performance, and that person is known as an investment manager. Next, there could be the insurance broker or agent. A lot of times you hear an insurance broker or agent, whether it's life insurance or property and casualty or whatever type of insurance it is, they'll call themselves a financial advisor. This isn't uncommon either. In fact, they'll just want to take your assets or your products and they'll try to find a good fitting insurance product that they can utilize to help promote your goals. I'm not saying these individuals on their own are bad in any capacity. But they do sometimes hold themselves out as a financial advisor. Are they an actual financial advisor? Not in the sense that I'm going to discuss here later today. But however, they hold a specific role in the development of our plans and our future. Next, there's the traditional broker-dealer. This is someone that works for Edward Jones or Merrill Lynch, where there's a third-party broker-dealer that essentially means that you could be an investment manager or an insurance salesman or anything of the like, but you just get compensated a little bit differently for the products that you're sold. That means you get paid from your broker-dealer or the company you work for. Now, these individuals aren't bad either, not in any capacity, and these individuals could be great financial advisors because they take a comprehensive look, but they just have the ability to utilize a lot of different products in a combination of kind of the first two people that I've mentioned already where there's the investment manager. And there's the insurance brokerage or agent. But this type of arrangement is very common in the industry at large now where the broker dealer not only could maybe charge an annual fee, but they're going to be able to receive commissions based on the products and services they sell. Next, I think, is one of the most interesting ones that we've seen a lot of in the social media world is the financial coach. This particular role has seen a lot of growth in the past few years and people really have the ability to be unlicensed and unregulated individuals on social media platforms giving financial advice or holding themselves out as some sort of financial advisor. Again, this isn't a bad thing either. This is the Dave Ramsey or the Ramit Sethi's that I will teach you to be rich individuals that are out there, and they're not financial advisors, but they're coaching people to get some success in their financial world, which, again, is not a bad thing either. Both those individuals have garnered a lot of success with a lot of their followers, but they're not always going to act in a client's best interest, and what I mean by that is they're just giving general advice. They are not customizing anything which is going to be a big key component of what we're going to talk about here in the next few minutes is the customization component they're going to make recommendations that maybe may may or may not apply to your situation but that's because they're not governed by any large body or maybe don't even work for a company or work for themselves but that's a new version of what they would maybe call themselves as financial advisors then lastly there's the financial planner where someone actually holds them out as a financial planner. And a lot of times this means the individual is only going to hold themselves out in a planning space where they're not necessarily selling any products that they're going to be used in your investment or retirement plan or life insurance plan or estate plan. They're just coming as a third-party coach, but they hold a very specific designation. Most financial planners are going to be a certified financial planner which is an actual designation that has to be earned but this is just one of many different types of financial advisors and when I spoke earlier about me saying I'm a financial advisor I'm actually a certified financial planner as well but I use the term financial advisor a lot and I use the term financial planner as well so sorry if I'm even making it more convoluted going to talk very much about me it, it that's not the point here today but we are going to get the question get to the question why do financial advisors even have jobs? But to get there, we got to know what a good financial advisor even does. So from this point on, we're nine minutes in. From this point on, we're just going to think in terms of a good financial advisor. Not a very specific individual that's just selling investment management or life insurance or annuities or any of those other elements. We're going to talk about a good financial advisor. But let's set the stage on what a good financial does. By this point, you're probably somewhat confused about all these different types of financial advisors, which is understandable. And To be honest, it even confuses me. In fact, I've been all these versions before. I've been just the insurance guy. I've been the stockbroker only. I've been in coaching relationships, giving enhanced guidance or some sort of relationship consultant role. And now here being a financial planner, running my own RIA, I've got a good understanding of all these roles and how they fit in. So what does a good financial advisor do? And I really mean a good one. A good one is going to give the most comprehensive amount of attention to what is in your best interest in achieving your goals. They're going to subordinate their own interest to make sure you get what you need and are getting the best service possible in achieving your goals. This could mean selling the proper product or utilizing the proper product with no incentive. This could also mean taking the extra time to evaluate your taxes, your estate planning, your insurance planning, your education planning, your income distribution strategy, where it's more than just an investment strategy like the investment manager I spoke about before. It's a little bit more than just investments. It's actually really diving into your life and what is in your best interest is what's going to provide you the most to achieve your goals. That's what a good financial advisor does regardless of all the semantics. The person that you want, if you're going to get a financial advisor is going to be the one that's really going to provide the best for your family and you. All right. So back to the question that I asked on Twitter, I asked the question on Twitter. I said, every single thing that I know can be found on Google, YouTube, in books, white papers, and on websites. If that's the case, why do advisors have jobs? Now you can go to Twitter right now and go to at Thatch Taylor and you can see this tweet. It was a week or so ago and check out all the responses on your own. But I want to give some of these responses right now. One individual said, the reason advisors have jobs is to help determine which knowledge from Google, YouTube, books, white papers, and websites actually applies to their unique financial situation, desired outcomes. Kind of hit the nail on the head, but we'll revisit that. Another person says, individualized advice, accountability partner, and financial expertise. Expertise and accountability partner. That's starting to generate thoughts around long term. This person says, I agree with this too. I give all my knowledge away. You pay me for my frameworks, personalized advice, and ongoing planning. This next individual says, coaching and planning. This individual gave a really good analogy says internet advice is almost, excuse me internet advice is often limited to general rules in the same way WebMD provides general medical diagnosis but despite the information received, people still question if they're okay. like doctors, advisors bridge the gap between the basic application and the individual which is a huge component and that's what I spoke of before a good advisor will go the extra mile to take a more comprehensive view on what's most important to you. That's the difference. That's the difference of a good financial advisor and just a regular financial advisor is they're going to go the extra mile, but they're going to be your accountability partner. They're going to help the coach and plan because there's so much nonsense out in the world. There's too much information in a lot of cases, but my original tweet said it. You can go find all the tax rules on irs.gov. You can go to the Social Security website and figure out all the rules around Social Security and taxation and distribution. You can read a ton of white papers on investment strategies. Heck, you could probably even go read a book from Jack Bogle that invented Vanguard and all the Vanguard Mutual funds and ETFs and low cost index funds and talk about how just passive investing is most likely going to be your best bet. All that information is out there, but a lot of people aren't going to take the time to dive in and learn about the fundamentals and then figure out how to apply it to their own situation. Cause after doing this for 13 years, I can see how one specific tax guideline could affect one family completely differently than another. So the reason financial advisors have jobs is because of skill, a lot of time and effort in understanding a lot of areas that are out there and they have the ability to take that knowledge and apply it to your particular situation. They have the knowledge around the products and the services and the taxes and the regulations and everything you need to achieve your goals. Financial advisors are the bridge between knowledge in actionable advice that achieves your goals. But specifically, financial advisors have a job is because most people don't have the time, the willingness, or the ability to manage their comprehensive financial plan on their own. Some people, however, can do it on their own. That's the rise of the do-it-yourselfer where they want to take the time, they have the willingness and the ability to go out Sift through all the information and apply it to their own life, which is absolutely fine. I spent five years at Vanguard. I'm a strong proponent of the do it yourself investor. A lot of times I still saw gaps in their planning, but they were doing great. But let's just kind of dive in quickly to what financial planning is. You probably already got a good understanding with what we've talked about so far, financial planner, but financial planning involves looking at a client's entire financial picture and advising them on how to achieve their short intermediate and long-term goals so taking all that information that's out there and helping people achieve their goals can be anything like I mentioned before from saving for education planning for retirement managing taxes and insurance and not only all the nuts and bolts but just developing a valuable relationship with their clients to provide them with the confidence that they can have a more secure future. Financial planning needs to be viewed as the most comprehensive look at a person's particular situation, helping them achieve their financial goals. And it should be the most thoughtful and thorough advisory process, financial advisory process that there is. The reason why this is important is because not everyone does this. Like I mentioned before, some people just do bits and pieces of this, but they hold them out as comprehensive. So there are missing opportunities because they're so niche or so specific you see that that generic term of a financial advisor can really hurt the industry. So note that financial planners might be brokers or investment advisors or insurance agents or accountants or individuals with no financial credentials. Those could be financial planners. But that is why consumers must perform their due diligence before turning their money over to any sort of financial advisor financial planner. So because of that statement about doing your due diligence, I thought it would be important for me to provide you 10 questions to ask your financial advisor. And after these questions, we're going to dive into, do you need a financial advisor or do you not need a financial advisor? And this is customized. I'm good. I mostly believe people need to be doing some financial planning, but whether or not you get a financial advisor or financial planner to do it for you or with you, or you want to do it on your own, it's completely up to you. So here's 10 questions to ask your financial advisor. Number one. How do you get paid? A financial advisor, whoever you work with, should be able to clearly tell you how they're going to get compensated by doing business with you. If they can't, that's a red flag. Number two is what type of products do you sell? This is going to help to find out what type of financial advisor you have or may be working with and what type of products they could be incentivized to sell, which again, could be a red flag. What are my costs? So not only do they have to tell you as a financial advisor how they get paid, they need to be able to tell you on the other side of the table what your costs are as a client because not only is it the cost for service, but it could be the cost for compensation of a product or it could be an expense ratio on an ETF or a mutual fund or a trading cost. They need to be able to describe to you all of your potential costs. Number four, are you a fiduciary? Fiduciary is important because that means they're legally bound to act in your best interest. So if something ever comes up, they need to be able to prove that they were acting in your best interest. Number five, ask how the relationship works. The reason this matters is because there's a lot of different financial planning relationships that are out there. It could be a one-time plan where you implement on your own. It could be an ongoing plan where the advisor's with you or some sort of hybrid model. Or it could just be a transaction, like I mentioned. If it's an insurance agent or an investment manager, they might meet with you occasionally or not very often at all. So you really need to ask how the relationship works. Six is you need to ask them what their investment philosophy is. Now, in my business, the investment philosophy is a little ways down the totem pole as far as importance. I really focus on goals and planning and vision and what you want and what your situation is and what your experiences are. Then at the end, we'll get to the investment philosophy. But a lot of people, if you're a financial advisor that focuses on investment management, clients are going to run into an individual that's going to have a very specific investment philosophy. The reason why this matters to you as an individual or a potential client is how are they going to be trading your assets? Is it going to generate more costs and fees, potential tax ramifications? And is it going to even perform the way you want it and achieve your goals? So asking about the investment philosophy is really important. Next, what type of investments do you use? So this kind of works hand in hand. This could be 6A or 6B, if you will, excuse me, 6B would be what type of investments are they using to achieve your goals? Is it an active trading strategy, stocks, bonds, options, hedge funds, whatever it may be. Next is who holds and controls my assets? I think this is question number seven. This is important for the financial advisory process is where the assets are going to be held. The thing that pops into my mind when mentioning this is Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff was the huge huge Ponzi scheme that was busted a few years ago where he was literally taking billions of dollars from his clients and spending them. He was acting like he was the holder of the assets when in all actuality, he was just taking the money and spending it. In my business, for example, my company never holds any assets. They're all held to the custodian TD Ameritrade. So you always get access to your own funds. You can always see them. I never custodian any funds at my firm. So you need to find out who holds and controls your assets. If you're looking for investment management, which brings us to number eight, these are kind of flowing together. Do you manage assets or is it outsourced? Sometimes financial advisors will manage your assets for you. I manage the assets for my clients because I use very specific portfolios based on client goals, but some advisors will actually outsource Your funds do a third-party asset manager. So they could be held. Let me just create an example based on my company. Now, this is not how it is, but I'm just going to use an example. Your assets could be held at TD Ameritrade. Say it's a million dollars. But I could outsource the decisions and the management to a third-party asset manager to manage your portfolio for you. So you need to find out if you're going to be in a firm, if they're going to manage your assets or if they're going to be outsourced to a third-party provider. Number nine, do you do financial planning? Is a huge question that you need to ask the advisor that you may be interviewing to work with, or your current advisor. You need to ask them if they're actually doing comprehensive financial planning in their decision making process. And then, lastly, I think number 10, you could ask them what type of tax planning do they do? Are they going to be involved in your tax efficiency strategy, or are they going to be completely hands off? Are they just going to be on the investment management side? Most likely. A financial planner will be involved in some tax decisions. Now, sometimes they could be CPAs as well and do some tax filing or an enrolled agent and do some tax filing for you. But tax planning just means that as they make decisions, they're evaluating taxes alongside your planning and with you. Okay. I'm about to need to take a break here. We've we've talked about a lot. So now we've discussed at this point what a financial advisor is and what they are not, what a financial planner is, what they are not, what financial planning actually is the act of financial planning. We've talked about a lot of questions that you should start asking your person that's going to be helping you as a financial advisor or in a financial advisory capacity. So now we got to decide Do you even need a financial advisor? And we're going to figure that out now with time, willingness, and ability. So when you should hire a financial advisor or planner is when you don't feel like you have the time, the willingness, or the ability to do it all on your own. Circle back to all those topic areas that we just discussed before, planning, investments, ongoing advice, Some of these things may not apply to you, but a lot of them do. The time to hire a financial planner is or advisor is when you think you cannot handle achieving your goals on your own and maybe you just don't want to. The world is always changing and it's not only valuable to plan now, but when all the changes come down the pipe, it's important to continuously plan. That's that ongoing accountability partner. The time that you don't need to hire a financial advisor is when you think you can do it all on your own or you can do the majority of it on your own. And you just need someone to coach you through. That's when you just need to hire a financial planner to get you jump started, maybe develop a plan, give you some recommendations or just clean up some questions. That's valuable too, having a financial planner, which there are some out there that are very clear in their pricing. It's an hourly or a fixed fee model where they can just help get you going in the right direction. But that would be a hybrid do-it-yourself model. And then there are some of you that just love this stuff. I can see on Twitter and I've spoke to people and I work with people back at Vanguard where they just love this stuff. They're basically financial advisors in their own right. They just work in another industry creating a living and they have the ability to manage it all on their own. So it's completely up to you. I'm a financial planner that does asset management as well. If you went to my website, propathfinancial.com, you would see that I have an ongoing asset-based fee that's just a fee for service. I'll never charged any or never receive any commissions from any products or services I sell. It's just a fee for service. But if a client comes to me and they have a pretty good handle of what they want, they just need some coaching or financial planning, I have a flat fee model for those individuals as well. And that's how I do it. But that's because I've been a life insurance salesman. I've been a broker-dealer. I've sold high-cost, front-loaded mutual funds and ETS with larger purchase charges. I've been a relationship consultant that has just given enhanced guidance and watched people not be able to fill the gaps in their financial planning. So I've seen it all, and I've really tried to cultivate a model that's going to help everybody. But it's solely focused on achieving your goals, developing the plan to achieve those goals, and then just investing in a way that supports the plan. I cannot tell you exactly who or what to use, but I can tell you that if you are going down the route of meeting with a financial advisor or wanting to hire a financial advisor, you need to meet with a few And you need to ask them those 10 questions that could help guide you to who you want the most. And here's what I can tell you. If they struggle or get frustrated answering those questions, that might be an indication where you shouldn't work with them. But they should be able to clearly articulate and very comfortably articulate the answer to those 10 questions. I'll put the 10 questions below in the show notes. You can check out below. So. Thank you for listening. I hope this has helped clear up why financial advisors have jobs. You need to make sure to go to the comments down below in the show notes, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google, and you can check out the 10 questions. And then I want you to sign up for the newsletter Or go to my YouTube channel and watch some of the videos if you're more of a visual learner as well. I'm uploading regular YouTube videos. I appreciate you listening. Check back for next week's podcast and make sure to click the subscribe button so you make sure to get all the podcasts delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much. We'll chat soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Take a look at the show notes for links to all the topics that were discussed and stay tuned for the next episode as they're going to be dropping weekly. Make sure to subscribe and go to www.PropathFinancial.com to learn more. The information provided in these podcasts is only to be considered helpful hints in education. Nothing said in any of these podcasts is to be misconstrued as specific tax, legal, or investment advice. Consult with your tax, legal, or investment professional before acting on anything discussed on these shows.